I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today we have an exciting topic talking about moving and all the things that come with moving to a new city, making new friends, adjusting, finding your people. And yeah, that's gonna be a really good conversation. So looking forward to that. But first, as always, we are going to catch up. So Allison, what have you been up to this week? Oh my goodness. It has been a busy last few weeks. I feel like with school starting back up, everyone's trying to get in their last summer events. Like I have had so many birthday parties to go to, a soberversary. Some people that I know are like going back to school in other states. So it's just been like, I feel like every single night I have had something going on, which is good and fun. I'm just like, It has been hard to find (laughs) some me time in between all of that. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely in need of a little TLC for myself. But um, one really fun thing, I got my dad to come to a restore yoga class with me. So my dad goes to Orange Theory most mornings. He's definitely a fit, active dad. And I was like, dad, would you ever want to come to restore with me? You know, like it's just like stretching, it's slow yoga, lights off. And he is in the process of getting like a really big raise and it's been really stressful. And he had those kidney stones a few weeks ago. And I was like, I promise, I feel like this will be good for your like to bring you down because, you know, if he's going to Orange Theory every morning, it's like it's so so much intense all day long. 
and he loved it. It was so wholesome. I was literally laying in Shavasana and I cried because I was just like, oh, I love my parents so much. Like, I'm just so blessed to have both my parents alive in good health, like in the same city. Definitely don't take that for granted. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And he said, he was like, I would definitely do this again. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a good reminder to just do activities with your parents and involve them in the activities that you like, because what like a special moment was that? Yeah, exactly. Especially as we get older, like when we're kids, we have our parents coming to our sporting events and choir and all the things that we're involved in. But as we get older, it's not as easy to do that. So it is important to, you know, ask our parents to come along. Like I have my mom come to the store. I invite her to some of the events I do bring my dad. So yeah, you're so right. And can we give your dad some major props for being an Orange Theory dad? Because that is not easy at all. Oh my God, I know. He will tell me <laughs> about his times because they do, I don't know, some scored events here and there. Like they'll do like the, the mile. Milestones. Yeah, the milestones. And he'll tell me his times. I'm like, how are you doing this? Like you're 52 years old. No, I do not understand. When people tell me their milestones at Orange Theory... I mean, yeah, especially for your job, but I thought I ran, like, you have to run a treadmill miles, one of them, and I'm full on sprinting on the treadmill. My time's still like a 720. And I'm like, how can you run any faster than this on a treadmill? Like, I'm nervous. So people get like six, seven. I'm like, what the heck? Pop off everyone. I know. I would definitely take running a mile outside over a treadmill hands down every day. Yeah, it's a little scary on the treadmill, not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> my, like it's just, my legs are like going so fast that it's just gonna like combust. Oh my God, speaking of a machine combusting this morning, I have definitely hyped up my Ninja on here so many times saying that it is like my appliance and Clay and I always joke because we've had this Ninja for like three or four years. Like, what are we gonna do the day that it like breaks? Like that morning, it's just gonna be so sad. Obviously by another one, but like I would be without my smoothie for a few days and Clay needs his protein shakes, you know, it's it's keeping us grounded. And it was totally my fault, but when our bananas uh, started to go bad, so I just cut them up and put them in the freezer so that I could still mm -hmm. use them. And so the bananas kind of formed like a big hunk together and I should have broken them up more when I put the frozen bananas into the blender cup. And so you know how the Ninja works? Like you turn the cup upside down and then you push it in and then it kind of like mm -hmm. locks into place. Mm -hmm. Well, it got like stuck in there and it started going absolutely berserk. It was fuming, like smoke was coming out. It smelled so bad and I couldn't get the cup out of that lock. So I just had to pull the plug on it. And it was actually kind of scary. I was like, oh my God, am I going to get like electrocuted pulling this out? Thankfully oh I God. didn't. But then, so I get the Ninja cup out and I'm like, okay, I obviously need to like figure out what went wrong here. Well, the spinny thing was like stuck in the down position and I thought it was good. I didn't realize that. So I go to plug it back in and it starts spinning again, but I didn't have the Ninja cup on there. It freaked me the fuck out. So <gasps> then I had to unplug it and I was like using a spoon to try to get the spinning part to come back up but oh my god that could have like flown I know, at you I know I was like thank god I wasn't like using a knife or something and it just like <laughs> flies out but all I was oh I god. had to my smoothie was only half blended so I was like no I have to figure this out I will be finishing blending my smoothie this morning but it's fine it was a false alarm our ninja he's still good maybe for a few more years but that might have extended his shelf life a little bit or okay so you did fix it <laughs> yeah Okay, good. There was That's definitely awesome. um, black like plastic all over the counter. I don't know <laughs> where it came from, but oops. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So break up your frozen fruit. <laughs> For all this free promo Ninja's getting, I think the least they could do is just send you a new blender. Uh, Or even a couple extra blender cups so I don't have to hand wash them every single day. Mm, Yeah. That is my least favorite part. Actually, okay, last thing on it. Clay and I were gonna <laughs> Clay and I were gonna do a live on Sunday on my TikTok. And I was like, oh, because we were just getting ready in the morning. And I was like, ooh, I'll just like make my smoothie while I'm doing it. And he goes, Yeah, and I'll show them how I clean your ninja cup because you never do it. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? And he's like, Yeah, you literally just leave it with soap water in there. And I'm like, I'm soaking off the residue. I yeah. will, but it needs time to soak. <laughs> If you don't drink a smoothie in 10 minutes and wash it immediately, then it has residue that needs to soak. I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. First world problems. I think but. that's fair. Okay. How about you? All right. Yes. Updates for me. I have finally started the wedding planning journey. This took a minute. I've been engaged for a month now and... Just the thought of planning anything was really stressing me out. But me and Connor sat down this past weekend and just went to a coffee shop and just really dove in to just figure out what we wanted to do. Because if you saw my TikTok, one of the first things about the wedding planning process is just picking where the wedding is going to be. And that was literally the question that we couldn't figure out. We didn't know where we wanted it to be because I think my whole life, I just thought that I had wanted a destination wedding. And so that just leaves a whole world open of opportunities for where you can have the said wedding. I don't know. But then we were sitting down at this coffee shop and we were going through all these destinations and nothing was really calling my name. Like, I don't know. Nothing's really standing out to me. So I posted this TikTok asking people between like my top three options so far of maybe a beach wedding in Florida, a mountain wedding in Colorado, or a local wedding at Connor's parents' house. They kind of live on a farm. It's not 100% a farm because there's no barn or chickens or coops, but they do have 17 acres of this gorgeous prairie land outside of St. Louis. And so one of the options would be to put up a tent and do a whole custom thing out there. And I wasn't 100% on board for that idea. Neither was Connor because he's like, I don't know if I want to get married at my childhood home. Is that lame? But then I posted about it on TikTok and everyone was like so in on this backyard wedding, quote unquote, farm wedding. And it's definitely sounding a little bit more appealing to me. And just the fact that you could maybe make everything more custom, because I think that's where I'm getting torn up. But I just don't want a wedding that is everyone has, you know, like I don't want to go to a venue that's done 8,000 weddings and just be number 8,001. Yeah, no, that's why I loved the backyard idea. <laughs> the pro- Like it's just so unique. And the way that those photos are angled, you really can't tell where, like where it is even in the whole world. It's just like a nice mm-hmm. blank slate kind of, that you could really make it your own. And no one else is like ever going to have a wedding there unless, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. other people in the family at some point. But it's basically grandkids in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I actually really appreciate that input. And I know you commented saying something similar. So yeah, that's that's good input. Because I think at first I was just being a brat. I'm like, I don't want to get married in Missouri. But the more I think about it, I don't really want to get married like a lot of the places either. Nothing's standing out. Nothing's sounding amazing, you know? I think a lot of this is actually going to tie in to today's episode of moving around. But the fact that you're, you know, Mm. you weren't born in Missouri. So that's probably why you don't feel as like connected to it. But also you've been moving around all over. So you're like, Mm -hmm. well, where, where am I supposed to be having this wedding? But so much of your travels are just you going, not you and Connor. So it's not like you guys (laughs) had your first, you know, big special vacation in Peru or something together. So I don't feel like you have, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I a thousand percent 
100% agree because I guess our big and special vacation was post-graduation to Bali. And no way in hell am we getting married in Bali. That is so far away. I mean, I would love that. <laughs> but no one would come because I was so far away. But you're a thousand percent right. And a lot of his family doesn't really want to go international just because they have older grandparents. That's just not really something that they can... And my grandma too. I don't... She absolutely will not be going international. <laughs> um, so that's something we have to consider. So it would be a destination wedding in the US. But yeah, I think you're right. There's just nowhere that's super special to us. The only place that would be special is the 30A beach area because that's where his family does their family vacation every single year. And that was why I really did like that idea. So I think what we're going to do is on their family vacation this fall, we'll go look around, see if there's any cool venues, see how we feel about that. But otherwise, we'll just probably plan on doing the backyard wedding and we don't have to worry and be too much on a timeline crunch with that because you don't have to book that or anything. That's just their house. Right. Because then, Mm -hmm. you know, you could pick any weekend so often with the venues. It's like, okay, they have one weekend available next year. And that's just kind of the one that you have to pick. I know it's really nice. So I think with the weekend or date that we pick, it's just going to be around when is not miserably hot in Missouri. So TBD, I feel like April, May and September and October are good. Not miserably hot times. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to like a June wedding, but I just feel like that's so hot in Missouri. I just don't know if I could do that. Okay. We'll see. Can I put my two cents in on this? Yes. Okay. No, please. Like taking you and your style, I see you as a spring wedding person. And I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. because your birthday is in the spring, but like for me, maybe it's because my birthday is in the fall and like Clay's is in the fall and our anniversary is in the fall. I just feel like I love the fall is like my colors. But when I think of you, I think of like florals and the springtime and like softer neutral uh, pastels. And with that farm and even the outfit you wore in those pictures, I could just see such a beautiful spring wedding there. Oh, it just... I can just see it. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Wait, I love this insight. Thank you. That's such good insight. Because everyone yeah. does the fall though, kind of too. I feel like the spring is not as as done as much. Yeah. And that would be maybe a good time to line it up with people's spring breaks, possibly. I love March because like you said, my birthday's in March. So that would be a really good month. The one thing I do have to consider, my younger brother plays college baseball. I roll. (laughs) So if he wants to be able to come, I have to plan it around when he has baseball games. So TBD on a spring wedding. But I literally love that. Maybe I can find a way that he can come I don't know, off week or something. I don't know, but I would love that. Maybe. But Riley is kind of throwing a wrench in my plans because I did want like a May or April and my mom's like, well, Riley has baseball games. I'm like, oh. Does he ever have a Sunday off? Yeah, honestly, that's a good idea. I was reading. He could literally just fly in for the Sunday and go back. Yeah. I was reading this article about the huge uprising in Sunday weddings because Mm -hmm. with all of the canceled weddings during the pandemic and they've had to reschedule so many, normally people weren't as open to having a wedding on a Sunday, but there's only so many dates available at the venue. So people just started doing Sunday weddings. And then I think people started realizing like, wait, this is actually like kind of a good day for a wedding. Most people have it off. People don't have to take work off on Friday then because you can just you know, get there on Saturday, do the wedding, and then people can make it home Sunday night. Yeah. My parents had a Sunday wedding and I loved 
the idea of that because they did Labor Day weekend and they really liked that. I wonder if I could find a holiday. I mean, Memorial Day weekend would be awesome. But again, it might be too hot. Mm -hmm. Things to think about, things to consider, but I am very open to a Sunday wedding. I 100% agree. I love this. Oh my God, I I could talk weddings. (laughs) I will, I'll be your girl. You, You just ask me all the questions. I will gladly listen to all all the wedding talk. Oh my God, that's amazing. Maybe I will take you up on that and get your creative inspo because yeah, I feel like you know what's going on. Thank you. I'm honored. Okay, cool. Should we do Peaks of the Week? Yeah. Okay, my peak is finally getting a cactus for this pot that I've had. Last last August for Clay's birthday, we went down to Kansas City and went to Paradise Garden Club. It's this really cool cacti nursery. And we had bought a cacti in a pot there, but I had got an extra pot because it was just so pretty. I was like, I just need to have this pot. It matches our apartment perfectly. I'll get another cacti later because cacti are expensive. And it makes Mm -hmm. sense because they grow slower, you know, and two, repotting a cacti, you know, it's prickly. It's not really as easy and convenient. Oh. So, right? Oh, wow. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different process, but I'm realizing that our apartment and sunroom are really meant for cacti with all of the south-facing windows. It gets so much sunlight. It's so hot in there. I have a harder time getting my non-cacti to thrive, but the cacti are... They're living large. So mm-hmm. this weekend, I went cacti shopping for my pot. Went to Mulholls here in Omaha and found the perfect cacti. It was so cute. I had them pot it because I was like, God, I'm not doing that. And it was only 10 bucks. And now I'm very inspired to go back and get more. I have been thrifting cute pots that match our place and just kind of stashing them away. So I think I have four pots now. So I've got to go back, but it's expensive. So I've, I've like, I got to space this out. I mean, just the one cacti yeah. I got, I think he was like 170. Oh, whoa. I didn't oh, know that. Oh, yeah. And it's not even that big. <laughs> they're they're way <laughs> more expensive than other ones, I guess. I don't oh, know. Wow. Some, if someone knows why, please tell me. I don't, I don't really know why. I have no idea, but that's exciting. Thank you. Okay, cool. I will say my peak of the week was getting lunch with my friend Lindy. Lindy is one of my friends in St. Louis and had not seen her in so long. And she's also getting married. So it was fun to talk about wedding things and just catch up. It had been probably eight to 10 months since I saw her, which is so bad. But we did have Lindy on the podcast. I believe she was episode 16, which is so weird to think about. That is so long ago Wait, too. it was that long ago? Yeah, I just looked. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. That truly does not feel like that long ago. And that just shows how much time flies. But yes, if you want to listen to Lindy's episode 16, um, but yeah, we went to Balkan Treat Box. So if you're ever in St. Louis, Allison, I'm so excited to take you there. They have the best vegan and vegetarian options and it's just the best food. It's Balkan Treat Box, Mediterranean Balkan oh, food. Oh, it's so good. That sounds so yummy. I love Mediterranean I food. Know. Have you been to El Basha? I didn't think of it. In Omaha? No, I don't think so. I'm going on a friend date there tomorrow night. Also Mediterranean. They have a cute little patio. I'll take you next time you're here. We'll we'll just... Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. That's perfect. Well, fun. Okay. And for okay. your guys' peaks of the week. Okay. And Molly said, qualified for the Boston Marathon. Congratulations. That is awesome. Wow. That is very impressive. Allie said, booked a fun cameo for part of my welcome back to my students teaching art this year. Oh, I wonder who the cameo is. Hopefully it's someone that your students are very excited about. Wait, that's cute. 
Uh, Sky said, my partner is celebrating nine months of sobriety this week. So, so proud. Aw, that's awesome. And way, way to be so supportive of your partner. And Maria said, I visited New Wave on a trip with my parents. That's Yeet. awesome. There was so I, many girlies the last weekend. So it was aw. really cute. <laughs> it's worth the stop, guys. Do it. It's Thank right off the highway too. It's so convenient. So convenient. Did you do that on purpose? Maybe. How amazing is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, send in your guys' peaks of the week to our Instagram. All right. And getting cool. into today's topic, this is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while because Kara's a badass. She's brave. She's moved to all these new places. And here I am. I've spent most of my life in Nebraska. I consider myself like a pretty bold, courageous person. But for some reason, when it comes to moving to a different place, it's just something I haven't done. I I don't know what it is. I really want to. And... I hope that happens for me someday at some point, but I think the older you get, you know, you start to get a partner, you start to get settled, you get your roots in, it gets harder and harder. So I am very excited to talk about this. I think we can roll it back all the way to your childhood as this is something that has been going on for you basically your whole life. So do you want to give them a little background? Yeah, I think growing up, my parents randomly moved around. People always ask if we were army brats. And no, my dad just worked for Campbell's Soup. I don't know. They just moved around a lot. So my parents are originally from the East Coast, Philly, Jersey area. And after they graduated from college, they went to college at Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania. Shout out if anyone knows where that is. I always meet a random person or two that knows Bloomsburg. But um, after that, they moved to Memphis and had my brother, Brady. Then they moved to Dallas, Texas and had me and then moved to Houston and had McKenna and Riley. And then from there, we just kept moving places. So after Houston, we went to Atlanta, which I'm actually recording today in Atlanta. So it's kind of fun. Back in my roots, technically Dekeula, Georgia. So anyone who's actually from Atlanta is going to be like, that's not Atlanta, but <laughs> no one knows Dekeula. It's a suburb. So, and then we moved to Omaha, Nebraska. So I had moved a few times. I mean, obviously I would definitely say I'm from Omaha. I don't really claim Texas or Georgia very much. But I think moving around as a child definitely showed me that everything's going to be okay when you move. And I don't know, maybe it did give me a little bit more quote unquote courage to just pack up and leave because I'd seen it as a child and it didn't really scare me because everything had always worked out. Do you feel like having three siblings that were close in age gave you some sense of security amongst all those moves? Like even if maybe you could make more friends, like you had your family to lean on? Oh, for sure. I loved having siblings that were close in age. And yeah, we all got to go to elementary school together. Like we all did those journeys, like the tough parts, I think. So I think that definitely made it easier. Um, but yeah, I think to be fair, I'm also just kind of an outgoing person. So moves could be a lot harder, I think, for certain people, but I could talk to a wall. And so when you <laughs> threw me into a new classroom, like I adjusted fairly quickly. So I know that's not the same for everybody, but yeah. Okay. Well, that's great that you got used to adjusting easily. So mm -hmm. you go throughout your childhood and then, you know, you're in high school, you're looking at colleges. Did you immediately know that you wanted to go to college out of state or how did, how did that journey unfold for you? Yeah, I think with picking colleges, I don't know. I think I always just knew when to go out of state, you know, with a certain amount of cost awareness. You know, I didn't want to go somewhere that was very expensive out of state, but I don't know. I, I think I just always knew I was going to go out of state. I don't know. Because I guess for Nebraska, I think everyone loves the University of Nebraska and they're so passionate about it. And I think just when I was comparing myself to my friends who are three generation, fourth generation Husker alum. I don't know. I just felt like 
it wasn't as special to me in that way. So I don't know. I just never felt like connected to the campus. I believe I toured my junior year. And yeah, I don't know. I just think that everyone else was just way more excited about it. And I just didn't feel that same connection because in Nebraska, people are diehard Husker fans and go to every football game and just have all these amazing memories. And I don't know, I just wasn't calling my name. Um, And I also knew I really wanted to do journalism. And so there were a few journalism programs I had heard about, one of them being the University of Missouri. That was really enticing to me. Um, I think I looked at Auburn University as well, but I ended up going with Mizzou because, yeah, I was just really impressed with their broadcast journalism program. They have one of the one of the only college campuses where their college broadcast station is the actual local NBC station. So it's a true local broadcast instead of like a student broadcast. So when I thought that's what I wanted to do and when I thought I wanted to be a news anchor, I was like, wow, I could actually be on an NBC show by the time I'm a junior or senior. But little did I know I changed to be advertising and PR, but it was still an amazing program for that. So yeah, I guess that was kind of my thought process. And obviously I think I was very excited with the thought of like having a fresh start, meeting new people, no one knowing who I am. That was really exciting to me. And I think maybe for some people that's really scary for them, but I think I couldn't think of a better situation where I could just go and make all new first impressions and just kind of pick that I wanted people to see me, I guess. Even though I'm the same as I was in high school for being completely honest. Like it was the same person. It wasn't like a complete rebrand like some people who could do. But yeah, I think that was very, very appealing to me. Okay. So I have two questions. One, when you went and toured the University of Mizzou, did you just feel like, ah, yes, like this is home? Or do you feel like it was more the program? Did you feel a special calling to it? I think it was all the things. The campus is gorgeous. I think I loved the people. The tour guides were awesome. I don't know. I think I just remember loving every single part of the experience. And I will shout Brady, who was a year older than me, was going there that fall. And then I think I toured again my senior year. So then he was there for his freshman year. And I don't think I ever wanted to admit that that maybe played a part of it, you know, because that's like, ew, you're following your brother to college. But I think that was a big part that made it feel way more comfortable too, is just knowing that even if everything fails, like I had a brother there, I could use his car (laughs) to go home. That was a big plus because it's a five hour drive and I never had to do carpooling or anything, which can get tricky. So I had his car. So that was a good, good bonus. And yeah, just having a sibling at your college, I feel like is a good way to feel more comfortable. And even though I didn't really hang out with any of his friends or, you know, get introduced to anyone through him, it was still nice to have my brother there. Totally. That ties in perfectly. What I was going to say next is, did you, freshman year, you obviously, you joined a sorority. We had that episode a few weeks ago, but did you mm-hmm. experience feeling lonely and homesick and like, oh, I just want to go back to Omaha and see my parents, but it's so far away and I can't. Of course you have Brady there, but let's pretend Brady maybe wasn't a part of this equation. How, mm-hmm. how was the transition for you? Yes, I 100% know that getting homesick your first semester or even your first year of college is so common. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons people end up transferring back home or not even going on a seat in the first place. I feel like there were a few times where maybe I was missing home, but I feel like all the benefits outweighed the pros. I don't think I lingered on it too long. I know people do have that experience more often than not, but I don't know. I think I was just keeping myself really busy, like getting involved in a ton of activities, 
making all these new friends and just finding really good connections. I didn't get too homesick. I don't know. Did you ever feel like that in college? No, I was so excited to be at school freshman year. But same. And I don't want to be insensitive to people that do get homesick because I know that that's not a good feeling. But I just loved being out of state. Like I just loved being away from home. It was so fun. Yeah, that's totally how I felt. I was like, wow, I'm like Mm -hmm. a free bird. I can go and do all of these things. But I think you made such a great point there that I think the reason we enjoyed it so much is because we were involved. So if there's a takeaway from this, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're just sitting in your dorm or or your new city, which we'll get into, and you're feeling lonely, a great way to combat that is getting involved. So what were some other things that you were involved in on campus that helped curb? Oh yeah, I was so busy freshman year. I did my sorority. I did our residence hall government. (laughs) So I was the president of our floor. So I had to go to RHA, Residence Hall Association meetings. And we got to name the new dorm buildings, residence halls. They don't like the word dorm. I got to look at our budget because each dorm got a budget and we made sure we spend every single penny. We would get Chinese food for a whole floor. (laughs) We had Valentine's Day parties. So yeah, that was such a fun way to connect with everyone on my floor. I did outreach Mizzou where it's the first step of the tour guide process. I wasn't an actual tour guide. That's very competitive, but I was the one who checks people in, gets them their parking pass, directs them to the parking garage, just like welcomes them to Mizzou. Yeah, I did a lot of things. And I think in my experience looking from other people's experiences of being homesick, it's them not, like you said, connecting with people and being in the right organizations or it's them being involved in an organization where they're maybe not sure that they picked the right thing, like a sorority or fraternity. Maybe they feel like they picked the wrong fraternity or sorority or they're just spending a lot of time with people that they're not clicking with. So I think you just have to evaluate if you are feeling homesick in whatever place you are. Is that something where you can just do a different organization, pick a different hobby, or is it totally off key, not connecting, not reparable? Totally. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next Next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat 
all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I think that's great advice. And going back to one of our other episodes, finding that third place, were there any spots um, in the city of Columbia that were your go-to that you found throughout your years there that made you feel like, okay, I'm home, I'm safe? Oh, yes. My residence hall, like our floor lounge, which I know people at some colleges don't ever hang out on them, but we always hung out there. I had my people on my floor. Sophomore year, definitely the sorority house. Junior year, I lived with eight girls. There was eight of us in a house. So even our living room, there was always someone around. I was in the journalism school. So the quad is right next to the J school, which is so convenient. So hanging out there, hanging out in the journalism school, that was definitely my third place. Okay, I've just pinpointed it. Because <laughs> once you're in your junior and senior years, you spend 24-7 in the J school. And those are just your people. You're in classes with them, working with them. So yeah, definitely that cafe in the J school, the quad right next to it. Those were definitely the places that I found community. That's awesome. Yeah. And a sense of belonging that mm-hmm. that was your spot. You knew if you went there that you would find people, that you always had a friend, you could talk to anyone, see a familiar face. Yeah. So I think that is a really good pro to picking a college. If you do know what you're going to major in or have a good idea of what you're going to major in, picking a college that has a lot of resources for that major because there were just so many journalism students that I could relate to. Whereas maybe if you're a math major at Missoula like Brady and there's only like a class of people that you're with the whole time, maybe it could be a bit harder to find people that you connect with if there's less people. So, or if you're going to a school and you're going to do nursing and they don't have a lot of nursing resources, just things like that. Maybe consider that when picking your college because the more people that are in that major and the more resources, the more people that you can connect with and hopefully find someone that you align with. I relate to that so much. When I first started off in fashion design, there were so few students and it was on East Campus. And I definitely felt really disconnected from that because you had to like take a bus Mm -hmm. over there. And then sophomore year, when I switched to art, graphic design and advertising, there were so many like-minded graphic design students, so many advertising students. And I like basically lived in both of those two buildings. I would bring my food there and I didn't have a laptop freshman or sophomore year. So I'd always just have to use those computers. And it definitely made working on projects feel less lonely. Like if you're like, I got to sit here for six, eight hours and grind this out. At least you're like working next to someone which helps keep you motivated and not feel like you're just, you know, sitting in your bedroom by yourself for hours on end. Absolutely. You have people to do with for sure. Okay, so anything else on the college note? No, I think I'm ready to talk about moving post-grad and I have some good advice for that topic. So I'm excited to talk about that. Okay, perfect. We we just wanted to touch on the college thing because we were like, oh my gosh, after the sorority episode, there's probably a lot of listeners that are in that college age and stage. But for anyone that is not in school or post-college, I feel like this will be like the juicy spot of today's episode. Yes, and to connect college to post-grad really quick, I do have a piece of advice because I was so torn between Mizzou and Auburn and Auburn's in Auburn, Alabama, which is so far from Omaha and Missouri. Yeah, Missouri's a couple states over, five-hour drive, like I mentioned. I think that you do have to think about if you are in the process of me picking a college or in the process of maybe going out of state, 
you do kind of have to pick your college based on if you'd want to live and move to that state post-grad. I have all these connections in Missouri now. And even though I thought, okay, I'm going to go to University of Missouri, then I'm going to move to New York. And now I live in St. Louis. So (laughs) I think you do have to be cautious of where you're picking your college that you 100% are setting up roots and connections to that place. And whether you like it or not, or want to ignore that or not, you're absolutely going to be setting yourself up to move to that state or those areas. So just think about that. Wow. In college. That is an amazing point because yes, of course you met Connor who's from Missouri. Mm-hmm. So then that's a huge part of why you ended up in St. Louis. And same for me with Clay. Clay's from Omaha. We have both of our families here. And so then when I wanted to open New Wave, I'm like, well, I went to school here. All of my connections are here. I could try opening a store in a whole different state where I know absolutely no one and have no help. Okay, that doesn't seem like a good idea. So, right. Yeah, that's such a good point is to think about the long term effects of that decision. Yes. And even if you think, I'm never going to stay in that place, definitely just know <laughs> that there's a good chance you might. Because, like I said, my words were literally, I'm never going to live in St. Louis. And here I am. So, and I like it now. I was, I was being a hater, but I like it now. <laughs> yeah. I I relate. I totally felt the same way. I thought after I graduated, I was like, I'm going to move to Chicago. I'm going to move to New York. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way that I am going to stay in Nebraska, but I did. So yeah. But had I maybe took that leap after high school and gone to a college out of state and made friends, made connections, found a sense of belonging and community, then I would have known that there was opportunity and connections outside of Nebraska for me. Yeah, exactly which ties perfectly into you actually did the thing. You moved to New York. So yes, I, if we have a lot of new listeners here, let's hear it. I I love this story of yours. Oh, just like the story of how I ended up moving. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so I graduated May of 2018 and I do photography and videography. I've had a business since 2011. So that summer I had some weddings that I was shooting photos and videos at. And I just decided when all my friends were getting jobs in March, April, May, before graduation, that I was just going to wait until I got all these weddings done to even just think about that and just have one more summer of not working a normal nine to five job that I'm going to work the rest of my life. So I beer carded at the country club and did wedding photography and videography. And after September roll around, I realized that I wanted to narrow down my search and just really try to get one of my dream jobs. So I decided that my dream companies were going to be WeWork and Beautiful Destinations. Now everyone knows that WeWork is a total shit show. And I still need to watch documentaries about that. But at the time, I thought it'd be so cool to work at WeWork or Beautiful Destinations. And I gave myself some time. I'm like, I'm just going to keep beer carding and doing my photography business and just see what happens. I just really want this to work. And I was just waiting for both those places to be hiring the perfect position and was working these jobs, working at the country club. I was at a photography conference in February of 2019 when I saw on LinkedIn that Beautiful Destinations had posted that they were looking for a postgraduate intern. So someone who already graduated to come intern for them starting immediately. And I applied, I messaged a connection that I had there and told them that I applied and he sent my resume to the hiring manager. So pro tip, make sure you message someone because that job on LinkedIn had 300 applicants. February 2019, I interviewed. March, 
literally on my birthday, I had my final interview on March 7th. And then a week later, March 14th, I followed up and I was like, hi, any news here? Because I hadn't heard from them in a week. I'm like, damn it. I don't know if I got this. And then a minute later, my boss at the time emailed me back and she's like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to email you. You're hired. Can you be here in two weeks? I'm like, what? So if I hadn't followed up, followed up I'm like, is this lady going to tell me to have this job or not? But yeah, so started packing my bags and then moved with two suitcases and a carry-on on April 3rd. And I think I started April 8th or 7th or something. Okay, then, so that's a great pausing point. So you're like, I have such a small window of time to move across the country and get a place to live. What resources yes. or things would you suggest on how to find an apartment or find roommates or a neighborhood in a new city that either you've hardly been to or never been to? Oh my God, that was the most stressful part of moving was picking a neighborhood because I did not want to set myself up for failure. I did not want to pick a bad neighborhood or a neighborhood that was really inconvenient to everything, really far from my job. So for me, what made the most sense was just subleasing at first. Finding someone to sublease from, which if you don't understand, or if you don't know what subleasing is, is someone has an apartment or a room in an apartment and maybe they're moving or maybe they're going on a really long vacation and they'll lease out their room to you for a month or two months, whatever their time window is. And I thought, okay, as long if I can get there, sublease for a month or two months, then I can be on the ground and go apartment hunt and actually find my long-term apartment. I just wanted to get there and have somewhere to live just short-term. So I used the Facebook groups, Gypsy Housing. I think Gypsy Housing, Gypsy Housing Brooklyn was just looking at those Facebook posts 24-7. Now there's apps like Roomster and Roomy, I believe, are two that do the kind of the same thing. They post, people post their subleases on there and you can message people, find that there. But at the time in 2019, I was using the Facebook groups and those still, I believe, work pretty great. Um, I found 20 listings. I think I messaged every single one. But one, I think there was three or four that really stood out. And to figure out if these were in a good neighborhoods, I had a friend who went to Mizzou who lived in New York and I would just send her screenshots of the apartment addresses and ask her what she thought. And I just trusted her insight. Yeah, so hopefully you can find someone who lives in the city already and ask for their advice. If not, again, find Facebook groups for that city and just ask people in there. I think a lot of people do want to help new people that are moving to cities. I know people have messaged me asking about which areas of St. Louis they should move to and I've given them some insight. So having someone on the ground and someone in that city to tell you where to live was so helpful for me because I sent this girl a screenshot of my apartment that I was potentially going to sublease in Williamsburg, Brooklyn and the price. And she was like, oh my God, Williamsburg is my dream neighborhood if I could afford to live there. And I was like, well, what's your rent? And she said 1200. I'm like, well, this one's 1200 too. So I think I need to go for this because if she's living further away and paying 1200, this is a good deal. So I messaged that girl, got her sublease. I had someone tour it. I had someone else tour it. I had very nice friends <laughs> in New York City that were very willing to help me. Had another friend just go look at it and make sure it was legit and not a scam. Definitely make sure you're not getting scammed on any of these sites. And he went and he said everything checked out. It was three college graduates that all went to SCAD in Savannah. And so I'm like, okay, I kind of like the idea that they're those three knew each other from SCAD. They're friends. And yeah, so I I believe I maybe Venmoed her for a security deposit after my friend made sure it was all good. And then I just showed up. I never talked to the roommates before I got there. I just met them when I walked in. So Oh my gosh. Were you nervous about living with strangers? 
I really wasn't. <laughs> Maybe that's a red flag for me. I don't know. <laughs> but I think, again, I just knew that they all went to SCAD. I'm like, okay, SCAD people are cool. Like, I just wasn't nervous. And I think I creeped on their Facebook pages because the girl told me their names. And I'm like, oh, they look so nice. They're fine. And they're great. Sweet. And so you... Yeah. How? What about like big furniture pieces? Like, you know, a bed, a dresser. You took your two suitcases, but how did you figure out mm-hmm. getting actual furniture up to a, what was it? Fourth floor walk up? Yeah, it was the third, third floor, but I believe it was like... But I think you did have to do like three or four flight stairs. I can't remember. Yes, third floor walk up. I love subleasing because all that stuff was included. There was a couch in the living room. There was a bed. I just had to bring my own sheets and towels. But I mean, that is truly one of the pros of doing the sublease move. And yeah, so I lived there for two months. I subleased April and May and their lease ended May 31st. So that was a situation for this girl. Then the other two people were both moving out of that apartment. So I got to keep the apartment. So that was so nice with that situation. And everyone I've talked to is like, that literally never happens. Like what? And it was such a good apartment. There was a washer and dryer in unit, which is huge for New York. So that was kind of how I got my apartment moving. And I do really recommend doing the subleasing route. It's just, yeah, like you said, how do you figure out furniture? It's all included for the most part. So then they move out, they take their furniture, they take all of their things. You basically have a new apartment at this point. So then you had to find two other roommates to fill the lease. Yes. And in that situation, I just posted on my Instagram story asking if anyone had friends who were moving to New York City. And that can definitely be hit or miss because that just has to see if that lines up with your friends, have friends that are moving at that time. Luckily, I had two friends who had friends (laughs) moving to New York City in the month of June, which that did line up really well because June is a popular time to move with that lining up with graduation and people getting jobs post-graduation. So yeah, that worked out really well. Otherwise, there's, again, I think the same apps to find subleases you can find roommates too. So Roomie, Roomster, Facebook groups. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. I think a good shout is that there are those Facebook groups for literally anywhere in the world. Like for no reason, mm-hmm. I have, I'm joined in one in like Albuquerque, one in Thailand, one in like Hawaii. Cause I just like to see what people mm-hmm. post and I like to see the prices and something about seeing inside homes and apartments is so interesting to me. So I just think it's fun to join those and see and daydream about what life could be if I were to move into those. But yeah, so for anyone listening anywhere in the world, there are those Facebook groups that you can join. And then another website Mm -hmm. I wanted to shout is Niche. N-I-C-H-E, you can type in uh, the neighborhood and it will give you a an overall score on like the safety of that neighborhood, the nightlife, diversity, mm-hmm. public schools, if it's good for family, all of that stuff. And you can read a description, how many people live there, uh, reviews from other people. So if you didn't have a phone a friend in the city, that could be a good resource mm-hmm. to um, check out what neighborhoods might fit your vibe in a new place. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So at this point in New York City, you've got your job, you've got your new roommates. How did you go about making New York City feel like home? Meeting friends, getting a routine, finding a gym, finding your grocery store, your coffee shops. Okay. This is going to be my biggest piece of advice for moving to a new city. I feel like I truly was set up for success because I picked the right job that had the right vibe for what I was going for. So I feel like a lot of people who end up unhappy and miserable in their jobs work at companies where they don't connect with anyone outside of work. Like I cannot recommend enough picking a company where there's people your age at or close to your age, people that you can relate to. Because I have friends 
who were feeling really lonely in new cities because everyone that they worked with was married and had four kids and were just at completely different stages of their life. And I cannot explain enough how important it is, at least to me, to find a company where there's people your age. It's just such a different dynamic and it makes moving to a new city that much easier. Did you do anything else outside of hanging out with work friends right away or were, were they just kind of like your network after that? One of the biggest things that really helped me was just telling everyone that I know that I was moving to New York City. Because once I told my network, those people in my network were so excited to connect me with people that they knew in those cities. So I think when you're doing a big move, Tell everyone, post on your Instagram story, post on LinkedIn, post on Facebook, tell your parents to tell their friends and their kids because people love connecting other people. And some of my really good friends that I met in New York, when I posted I was moving to New York City, my friend Rebecca connected me to my friend Corey. And then we hung out all the time. And then I met Corey's friends. And, and then of course, my friends from Mizzou who knew people from Mizzou as well that moved to New York City. So I got to hang out with some Mizzou people that even though I wasn't best friends with them at college, they were friends of friends and we totally just hit it off right away. So I think just telling your network what you're doing and just seeing if they'll connect you to anyone. I think it's just so nice to have a warm connection with someone. It is hard to just go out into the public and kind of make cold connection friends, you know, just blind friends. But it's there's something beautiful about having a warm connection to someone where it's a friend of a friend or you went to the same college or there's just something similar to you guys that just makes those friendships flourish so much more naturally and easier. I love that. I think that's great advice. Otherwise, it can be like, do I trust this person? Who are they? Then that way mm-hmm. you already have some common ground. You're, it's, a, it's a safe bet. Yeah. Okay. We've got your living situation covered. We've got your work situation covered and your friendships. How did you find places that you liked, whether that was just a restaurant that you like to go to, the gym, your favorite park? Did it take time to start to find your favorite spots like you had back in Omaha or back in Columbia, Missouri? Were you lonely? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. I think this is something that I'm still even trying to figure out for St. Louis because I moved to St. Louis technically officially in November of 2020. Because I was kind of just going back between back and forth between St. Louis and Omaha during peak COVID. And I lived in Charleston for a period during then as well. But officially in November 2020, I moved to St. Louis. And even now being, what, August of 2022, I'm still trying to find my places and really find even third places for me there. But I think just trial and error, just having... Google Maps and typing in cafe or coffee shop and just going to a bunch of places and seeing which places feel warm, feel inviting, connecting with new friends or people that you know in that city and then going on friend dates. Kind of how you mentioned earlier in the episode, you were going on a friend date. I think that's a great way to explore new places and find the places that you vibe with. And yeah, we, we can't express enough about trying out workout classes, trying out gyms. That's always a great way to find your third place and finding those communities where people can gather around a shared interest of whatever that sport or that activity is. So I don't know. I think best advice is just going out there and just trying new places. Google Maps for sure. I know I have a coffee shop in St. Louis I really like and just found that on Google Maps and definitely even find the blogger girlies for your city. So I found some blogger girlies in St. Louis and kind of went through their Instagrams and saw the cute trendy places that they were going. And of course, blog posts. I always had heard about Forest Park in St. Louis, about how amazing it was. And once I got out there and was exploring for myself, I realized how great it was and totally love going out and hanging out there. So yeah, I think just using all those resources and just seeing, like you said, where 
feels the most homey and welcoming. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of trial and error. I think that is important for people to remember that in moving to a new place, tapping into new communities, it will take some time. You might have to go to four coffee shops before you find one you like. You might try different gyms, different classes. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with you if you don't like the workout studio that everyone else is going to or like that coffee shop, but really taking it upon yourself to discover what fits you. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So to wrap up, all in all, is it worth it to move to new places? Is it worth the stress? Is it worth the expenses? Would you recommend it for someone who just wants to maybe go across the country, maybe hop across the sea? Oh yeah. I think moving is a thousand percent worth it. If we want to be practical, I do recommend having a job before you move. It makes it way less stressful. Having something at least lined up before packing your bags and going for me has made the most sense, but to each their own. If you want to pack up and leave and just get on the ground, it is easy to find jobs once you're in a place. So maybe even like setting aside a week or two, if you know you really want to move somewhere and you want to find a job, you could go for a week and just go and find and just job hunt and just be on the ground. But I will say moving is a thousand percent worth it. And I don't know, I feel like it's brought so many cool stories and chapters of my life. And with each new place I've lived, I kind of view it as a chapter. And I don't know, it's it definitely makes you a well-rounded person. You get to see so many different slices of life, people's cultures, people's day-to-days that yeah, you might not see if you're just in the same place all the time. I love that. And I think people can remember nothing has to be forever. You could move to a new place. You could try a Mm -hmm. college. And even if you don't want to stay there permanently, that was a great chapter. You learned a lot and you can move on to the next thing. Yes. Like you're just saying, I think even with moving, don't be afraid to move if you move somewhere and it wasn't the place for you. Like, don't be afraid or don't feel like you have to stay in the same place for a long time. Even if you bought a bunch of furniture, committed quote unquote, a little bit to somewhere. If you're not feeling it, yeah, like you said, just view as a chapter, take the things that you learned and just take it to the next place. And I also see a lot of, especially for Nebraska, but I'm sure this is relevant anywhere, that people will move from Nebraska like out to LA or they want to go try something different. Or maybe if you're from a small town, you know, you see your peers move into the big city and then people eventually come back home. And I feel like there's a stigma around like, oh, everyone moves back home as if like moving to that new place didn't work out or something. But I don't feel like that's true. Like you can move and try a new place and still have had an amazing experience, had a good time, met people, loved it, and still want to go back to your hometown to, you know, start a family or a different chapter. It doesn't mean just because you want to move away from somewhere that it wasn't a good experience. Oh, absolutely. I I mean, there's a reason that people do that. You, I truly do encourage, like you just said, moving a new city or trying new cities while you're in your 20s or while you're younger because yeah, there's a reason that people want to settle down in the places that they're from because like you said, there's just so many resources. It's just nice to be by your parents, by your family. So yeah, I encourage you to get out there if you want and try those new cities while you're young when there's not as much commitments and responsibilities that you have. But then yeah, when you do have kids or when you are settling down, It gets harder. You do want to be... It gets harder. Yeah, you do maybe want to be closer to where you're from. And yeah, I agree. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It it makes sense. That's awesome. Well, I think this was a great episode. Thanks for sharing your journey. And I'm sure you'll end up moving somewhere after St. Louis. 
Who knows? I know. What the heck? I hope. <laughs> That's the thing. I Everyone's like, where, where next? And I'm, I don't know. I just don't feel called to live anywhere else. I don't know. Do you have anywhere that you're hoping to move at some point? I just need to do Europe for one year. I don't care if that's when I'm 30 or mm-hmm. 80, but like if I make it to my grave not having done that, I'll be sad girl. So it'll happen when it's Oh my gosh. Ago. Yes. And of course, listen to our episode with Liza. Yeah. If you have any questions about moving to Europe, um, we'll link that in the show notes. That's a great one if if that's part of your journey. She gives really good advice there. True, true. But I love that for you. You I need to do that. I think my problem is, is I'm like aiming for the stars. So rather than trying out maybe some smaller moves, I'm just like in it for the long haul of like making it be this big thing, which pros and cons. And I'm also in an era of, you know, I started a business here. So I kind of have to see that through, get it on its feet before I can just, you know, change the sales and start doing something different. So I'm laying laying some groundwork for some (laughs) things for future me. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode. We seriously appreciate all the love and support. And to show our appreciation, Allison's going to announce a giveaway that we have going on and she's going to tell you how you can get entered. All right. What you can win is a big PR box full of all of these awesome products. There will be something in there for everyone in order to get entered. There are two things you can do. One is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to send a screenshot of that to our Instagram. That way we know you left that review or you can put something up on your Instagram story, whether that's a screenshot of a podcast episode you're listening to, a quote that you resonated with, and tag us so that we can make sure to see it. And then we will put you into our chart of your name and we will draw at the end of the year. As always, if you guys want to stay connected with us, you can join our Facebook group, Already Friends Podcast, Friends Squad. You can also join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash friends. It's $5 a month for a bonus episode every single month with access to our entire backlog of bonus episodes. Guys, so many good topics there. So go check that out. And yeah, as always thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time bye Bye. everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.